And we're off again, Mongrel Podcast 23. I'm here as always with the lovely Mrs. Mongrel. The scones are back in town this week. Much rejoicing in the Mongrel, Mongrel household. But you also ate a lovely fennel and roast cauliflower soup. Look. And you were happy with it. You have to make sacrifices. Fennel and cauliflower soup. I don't even know what fennel is. <laughs> she could have just you know, sprinkled arsenic in. I'm like, ooh, arsenic. This sounds good. It's roasted. Mm, I'll have a bit more of that. Just put some onion in with it. We'll be fine. So uh, we had a, a birthday in the house yesterday. We did. Young lady turned four. Yep. Yeah, very exciting stuff. So uh, there was also cake. So I'll have all the fennel and cauliflower you want to give me. If there's cake uh, as part of the bargain, I will definitely take it. Mrs. Mungrel, do you know yeah. about the Mungrel membership options we have? There are a few. There are a few. Really, you want to concern yourself, I suppose, with the Mungrel members in the Inner Circle, which Inner Circle's 12 bucks a month, gets you everything, access to basically all our uh, rankings, which are pretty good, I suppose. <laughs> we had a new leader in our defensive rankings this week just gone, first time in about 10 rounds that someone has managed to topple Harris Andrews and sit at the top of our table, which is excellent. Also put an article up this morning about uh, your, your buddy Tom Hawkins, who you didn't like. I do now. But you do now because he took time out to say nice things about Gary Ablett and his family and his sister. Yep. Yeah, you're a fickle one, you. <laughs> so I want to jump in and give a quick Sunday update before we get into the nitty-gritty of the podcast, if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah. yep. You don't have this Go on your notes because I wrote it while I was sitting out there. So, your Sunday uh, update? Oh, maybe I didn't. I do. Well, now you do You're have You're all over that. the shop, aren't you? Look, it's Sunday night. Another week looms. I almost said, is it? Oh, no. <laughs> You're going to work tomorrow. I'm looking after our daughter. Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> so, I watched the Pies knock over the Blues this afternoon. Carlton, no goals in the second half at all. Posted a bit of a video on our Facebook page of, I think it was uh, Patrick Cripps dropping the ball in a tackle. Not called by the umpires. Got funneled out to Jack Noon to kick the goal. That goal was Carlton's last one of the game, and that happened right before halftime. So I'm kind of feeling like maybe that was a bit of karma. You know, you should have had a free kick paid against your Blues, and you didn't. Uh, Cripps made up for it about mm, about a half hour later when he absolutely obliterated Chris Main. Um, I've had people say to me several times, why doesn't someone just stick a tackle on Patrick Cripps? And I reckon if you see that footage of him just getting ahead of steam and running right through Chris Main and flattening flattening him, that'd be why people don't stick a tackle on, on Patrick Cripps, because you can't. He's like a runaway train. You're going, I'll just tackle this train. Ouch, ouch, stop. You're hurting me. I thought there was another free kick earlier in the early in the piece that a few Carlton supporters pointed out for Tom DeConey. He got his arm chopped right at the end of the first quarter. Uh, would have given Carlton the lead if, if he went back and kicked the goal, but he still had to do that. I'm not sure how reliable he is. I think that was a, a 50-50 call. It could have went Carlton's way. It didn't. The siren went. They missed out on it. And a few other people pointed out Eddie Betts getting held in the last quarter. I reckon Eddie played for that one, or at least accentuated it. A lot of people were up in arms last week about some Richmond players accentuating contact, trying to milk free kicks. I reckon Eddie was doing it too. I actually like when the umpires don't pay free kicks. 
to blokes who were throwing their arms out and pleading for free kicks. Play on. Bad luck, Eddie. They got big games, I suppose. Collingwood got got big games from Jack Crisp again, second week in a row. Darcy Moore, Taylor Adams. Off the top of your head, Mrs. Mungrel. Yeah. If you had to pick an all-Australian full uh, centre-half back, would you pick Darcy Moore or Jacob Wiedering at the moment? Big question, since you only know one of them. I'd pick Jacob Wiedering. Why? Didn't I see him on the television before? Look, I don't know what today? you're looking Early at. Earlier today? Possibly you would have also seen Darcy Moore there too. Did I? Darcy Moore looks like Kira Knightley, remember? Yeah, I'm going to choose Wiedering. Well, you'd be choosing wrong. Damn it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> nah, look, in our All-Australian team, we had our cumulative one after round 12. Uh, Wiedering got the nod at centre-half back. Moore's put together two really good games since. Wiedering was also pretty good today as well. So it's line ball between those two guys. If I had a personal pick, I'd pick Darcy Moore. But I, I know c- who you, Darcy Moore is. He looks like one of the Twilight vampires. Yes. Continue. Let's Carry just, on. Carry yes, on. Yes. That's what we're working with, the Twilight <laughs> vampires. Apparently you tell me they're not a bad book. Oh, though. they're dreadful, but I like oh. them. I don't care what, you know. Yes. Well, it's... we're into fine literature here. <laughs> the Twilight series, perhaps Harry Potter. And what's that, The Time Tourists, that you like? Time Tourists is a cracking, cracking read. But as I was saying, <laughs> if I was to choose, I'd pick Darcy Moore. But I can definitely see why people like Jacob Wiedering. He's hardly been beaten all year. Jumped into the, the Suns and North after that. Kept Mrs. Mungrel waiting. I'm um, being very, very nice to you tonight, as I know you've been sitting here waiting for that game to finish. The Suns just kicked 12 goals, 19. And they could have absolutely obliterated North Melbourne. They've got their cue in the rack north. They kicked four goals four. Didn't look like threatening at all. Ben King could have had five or six tonight. Noah Anderson was good again. They put the clamps on Jai Simpkin. I think he had under 15 touches again. Alex Sexton, great name. <laughs> Back in the team. Kicked four goals. Hugh Greenwood. Hugh McGreenwood was a monster again in, in the middle. Just... Continually gets first hands on the ball, and they tackle him. He holds the ball above his head, then somehow lets it go, and his boot just finds it as it's falling out of his hands. It's an amazing talent. And a guy called Ben Ainsworth is showing plenty for Gold Coast as well. People forget. They talk about Matt Rowell and Ben King and Noah Anderson being high picks. This bloke was pick four in 2016. He had 15 score involvements in this one, so every time he got his hands on the ball, something well, not good happened, but something relatively positive happened because they did miss a lot of goals. Anyway, I might move on to some other stuff we're doing. Uh, quick quick footy tips update for you. Did you have a good weekend? Why would you do that? Why would you? Because I, I just like to give people an update this? on oh. how you're traveling. Oh, I don't know, but I think uh, as a result of the footy tips, I, we might be going vegan. Yeah, look. Because I'll, I feel like you're... I'll tank for the next four weeks, <laughs> if that's the case. I feel like you're just getting a bit uppity about it, so I need to bring you back down. Oh, look, I'm already down. Hello, um, tofu. Hello. Yes, don't put that in my curry ever again. That was disgusting. <laughs> it was horrible. Hey, we had the return of the airline pilot on the weekend. <gasps> so the 1930s airline pilot, Joe Danaher, he just needs one of those little caps with the goggles on it, doesn't he? Put that on. He plays for the bombers. It's I almost like perfect. So Essendon trotted him out against Hawthorne on one of the nights late last week. Uh, at some point. Yeah, at some point. And 
you have to wonder, were they trotting him out to bring him back to play for them, or were they trotting him out to to demonstrate to potential suitors how good he could be? Because he hasn't really played. He, he's expressed a desire to not be at the club. They didn't grant his trade request, and for reasons that, that are their own, which is basically they didn't get the right price or deal offered to them. I mean, what did he mean to Essendon in this game? He was quiet in the first quarter. He took one contested grab, and then he started making a difference. So I thought Hawthorne were pretty good at boxing him in the first half, but then again, you know, they didn't really get a look in the first half anyway. As soon as Essendon started getting a run on, Danaher became like a monster. He finished with three goals. He could have had five or six, but for inaccuracy. Took three contested marks, started looking like a legitimate power-up up forward again. And whether you want him to stay at Essendon or not, you'd be looking at him thinking, thanks, Joe, that was great. You either showed us what you can do and we'll keep you, or you showed everyone else what you can do and now they'll pay for you because you actually look like you're worth it again. So, I mean, good key forwards are hard to find. Some teams are are rolling with okay key forwards. So key forwards are your full forward or your centre-half forward, your big guys, right? So Hawthorne's running with... Are they near the ruck? The ruck stays in the middle. Right. They're near the goals. So Hawthorne's running with John Patton. He's doing nothing. Every time he moves... One of his muscles pops open, and that's it for him. Um, <laughs> that's Melbourne, Melbourne are running with Sam Wiedemann and Tom McDonald. Those guys are basically... Wiedemann could be all right. McDonald's completely fallen off the wagon. I don't know which wagon he was on, but he's like he's getting run over by the wheels now. He's got his leg caught in the wheel. Keeps going boom, 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 boom. He's in big trouble. Adelaide's running with Tex Walker and a couple of kids. So, yeah, they're in desperate need. Collingwood's running with Brody Majacek, who's... A very, very hard worker. But he's not a star. He's just a really solid bloke. He, they're running with Dean with Dean Cox, with Mason Cox and Darcy Cameron as well. And you'd have Danaher over probably any of those guys. So looking at this, you're like, well, Joe Danaher could be worth a heap if he can string four games together now after this one. Because if he doesn't, if he goes down hurt again, you can see people just shaking their heads and going, no. I don't think we want him. When you said Tex Walker and a couple of kids, it just sounded like you were talking about a road trip comedy. And oh, jeez. I was ready for that. Is that a family comedy or is it getting dark? I think it gets dark. Oh, no. Tex Walker and a couple of kids on the road. <laughs> border protection stopping them. Where are you guys headed? Nowhere. What do you got that shady mustache for? The kids are like, no reason. drive, Tex, drive. Oh, I was going the other way. <laughs> So in one of the games on the weekend, we had a fiasco. I thought you'd like that. I do like fiascos. What happened? So it was a close game between your Saints. My Saints. Oh, right. This game was so tough on me. It was. You know, she actually just went to bed and that was it. Not wet the bed. Went to bed. (laughs) I've got to stop mumbling. (laughs) I got a bit stressed because it's my my two two of my favourite teams. You did. So line ball call on a snap from your guy, Christian Petrarca. My guy, yep. Right, So it was basically a three-on-one. There was one person on him and two Saints running past, waiting for the ball to come to ground. Petrarca grabbed it, stood up in the tackle, somehow managed to drop the ball on his foot, kicked it towards the points. It bounced at right angles, basically, and dribbled through for a goal. Now, as it's dribbling through for a goal, Dougal, our buddy Dougal, Dougal, lurches for it, gets his hand to the ball. 
So they go to the goal review because it was pretty line ball, whether it was through for a goal or touched. They go to the goal review and they have two, two angles of it that give you zero clarity on whether it was a goal or a point. And they play them back and forth and back and forth. Looks like it was recorded on a Sony Handycam from 1997 or grainy footage from a, from a bank robbery or you know somewhere where Joe Ganino's seen procuring services of people in the street. <laughs> Can't really recognize who he is, but you know it's Joe Ganino. And I'm thinking, this is a billion-dollar industry. That's what I keep hearing the, the term thrown around. It's a billion-dollar industry. And they're using this sort of technology to decide games. Now, I'm looking at this situation... The Saints are in the finals race, right? Up to their necks in it. They've now dropped, I think, to 6th or 7th tonight. And then you have Melbourne, who are on the edge of the 8 as well. St Kilda in the next couple of weeks, or next four weeks, have a pretty hard run. And I think, I think I'll go through it a little bit later. But decisions like this, that are muffed by the AFL actually could cause a team to miss the finals. That kills me. So you're saying I could have a Saints-Melbourne grand final and now... Well, you jumped off the Gold Coast? No, no, they can they can come into the mix too. A three-way game? Yep. At the end? <laughs> Why not? Just put an extra pair, extra set of Gold Coast gold posts up and yeah. we'll be right. But yeah, like this is the sort of errors. We, we saw it the other week in the Carlton versus Frio game and there were a couple of errors there. They were umpiring errors, a little bit different. But there were still errors at the death. So this is a game in the balance. And the AFL has come out now and said, right, we're going to have goal line technology from for every game at every venue for the rest of 2020. Where was their thinking, you know, four or five weeks ago around this when they scheduled games? They're like, ah, there won't be a, a tough decision at these places. Don't worry about it. Just use one of the normal cameras. And it's just really, really poor. You either get it right the first time or you don't it you were pretty uh annoyed by this you were asking whose responsibility it is weren't you oh, i'm always asking whose responsibility is yeah, unless it's mine well, the rubbish is not In taken case, out i don't want to know about it whose responsibility is the rubbish <laughs> Who, whose responsibility is putting this washing away i'm like i don't know look could be anybody's <laughs> afl channel seven <laughs> definitely fox yeah definitely fox so it's actually the afl's responsibility if they they are instituting a process or a rule to follow that they provide the equipment to do it. I think they would like Foxtel and Channel 7 to cough up the money for high-def cameras at every game in order to provide this accurate score review. And I'm not sure that's part of any broadcast deal. I think the AFL, if they're implementing rules without consultation with these guys, they basically have to provide the the equipment as well. And they're not doing it. It's been very, very, very half-assed. And, you know... I'm sure the most passionate St Kilda supporters, which you're not, let's be honest. I'm not really passionate about any sports. You're not really a St Kilda supporter either. How dare you? You're not. If they lose three games, you're like, yeah, I'm off them. What? Yep, I know you. They lose all their cake shops, I'm um, I'm put off. You know, there was uh, works being done in Ackland Street a while back, and they actually affected the businesses there. It was a sad time for the cake people of St Kilda. Don't mock the cake people. <laughs> So many of them, they love it. Anyway, let's move on. I believe you have a bit of a segment here. Oh, 
So, do I ever. <laughs> so do you want to give a bit of background as to how we got onto this? Well, I was asking you what you were doing, just... Randomly. ...hanging out, um, and you were uploading an article by Matt O'Man. O'Man. Oh, <laughs> Matt had me asking you if you remembered the 90s show Man O'Man... Oh, <laughs> Of which I didn't, of course, because I never used to watch that sort of stuff. Now, I was still in primary school when that was airing, and I, I remember it, I so wasn't. you definitely remember it. So how old was I? Oh, 36? Look. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> old fella. <laughs> and I had, you know, I had a bit of a Google, and I saw that a few AFL players had joined in on the final episode of Man O' Man, which was some kind of weird beauty pageant so what the premise of it was is they had a studio yeah and dudes would have to do some sort of act or whatever and then they girls got ranked would, like a yeah and yeah. then girls would kind of like push them in a pool if they yeah, didn't like them basically or they'd give them a little peck on the cheek and they were saved but most of the dudes ended up pushed in the pool yeah and apparently that pool is still there it is still there and it's in the same studio that they've now taped dancing with the stars yep wow hope no one gets pushed in the pool <laughs> i do the dance that would be great <laughs> Anyway, so we had a few AFL players in the final episode of that, which took a lot of hunting to find because... No footage available, guys. It's Sorry. It's been absolutely wiped. Where did I have to go? I had to look at the National Film and Sound Archives website to, and their catalogue to find anything. Now, we had Sanford Wheeler from the Swans, who actually passed away earlier this year. Oh, sorry to hear that. Sanford and family. Then we had Stephen Tingay, who was a demon. He was. And then drafted to Sydney. A demon in the sack. I have no idea. I just hear hear things. (laughs) Apparently, he's a personal trainer now out in the eastern suburbs, and he goes all right. I was like... (laughs) How do you know this? I don't want to know how you know this. Never mind. Stephen Tingay uh, has a bit of a reputation for getting out there when he was younger. He was a good-looking young fella. Oh, was he? And, uh, well, I think he thought he was. I'll go have a little Google. I don't think he had much trouble. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And I think he was actually applying for this show, not being asked. Confidence is 80% of the game, isn't it? Yeah. And then we had Shane Crawford, of course. Oh, geez. He'd just get his gear off. (laughs) <laughs> like before they even started filming is this where I take my top off no Shane keep keep your pants on stop stop <laughs> and Andy Lovell who used to play for the Demons and West Coast and who is currently a Gold Coast assistant coach he's not one that got sacked How is he embarrassing I don't believe so that's lucky for him they got Maybe rid of Dean Solomon in the past well, week at and some he was point there. he was a Gold Coast assistant well coach. if any Gold Coast people are listening to this and uh, they would like to track down some footage of Andy Lovell on Man O' oh Man I reckon it uh, might get you a game if you held it over him <laughs> <laughs> just go hey I want to play up forward and he's like nah mate you're going to play down back Stewie wants you down back it's like oh I got this footage of Man O' oh Man from 1994 but there you go just you know Getting their gear off on a uh, beauty pageant show. On a side note, have you seen the ads for our buddy Wayne Carey, who's going to be on the new Full Monty? Just no. <laughs> what, you haven't you haven't this... set it to record on the IQ box out there? Uh, no, not my kind of thing at all. You've got to back up just in case it fails. <sighs> so I, I don't know, I don't understand the appeal of this show. I, I have mean, no idea. It's probably a bit of a. I don't know whether it's a good PR move for, for Wayne to just soften his image a little bit. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. The whole thing just 
So the premise of it is it's a, a what a. a is it, I haven't watched it. Obviously, I've seen the movie. It's a pretty funny. Yeah, movie. but the, yeah, the movie's funny. But what is? Is this a just a like a bunch of blokes, who are <laughs> I think it's actually both genders this time, and I have no idea how it works. I think they get taught how to how to strip off. I mean, I've been doing that for years. I go to <laughs> you go to have a shower. <laughs> Do you, do you take your clothes off? Oh, sometimes. Usually I just keep them all on. Wash my clothes at the same time. Occasionally a trip over. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Get caught up. So yeah, I don't look, know what the appeal is. Maybe people can give us a bit of a report back when Wayne starts uh, stripping off. I, I see him in South Melbourne sometimes, and he, he looks in terrific nick. Like, he goes to the gym upstairs from where I go and buy coffee. I don't go to the gym there because that would take effort. But I do walk down and get a coffee, and he looks in fantastic nick so maybe he just wants to show it off who knows good on him Ooh, what a terrible a, promise his... but yeah well look maybe it's, maybe it's for charity if it is then you can take your boo back no i still think i'm hating it yeah you probably did so port adelaide this year they're top of the ladder you don't hear a hell of a lot about them Let me, i'll tell you who it is port adelaide got... hey nice work thank you i had to remember if it was port adelaide or Port Melbourne. Fremantle. Port Augusta. Oh, look. Who knows? Look. Uh, so Port Adelaide got the, the jumpers that you like with the teal. They're very pretty. Yeah, I know you like that. So they're, um, they're, they're tracking well at the moment. I've had a few comments recently that they're not going as well as they should be. They're top of the ladder. They're maybe not putting teams away, I think is the, the concern for people. And they've got a few people that are a little bit down on form or not performing to the level that was expected of them this year. It was good to see the three kids back in the side this week, which was Rosie, Dersma, and Butters has never left. Now, I showed you that incident with Butters where he just was running into the open goal, was bouncing the balls all by himself. His little legs. Well, his legs just oh my became gosh. a splutter foot. What happened? His like, knees just all over the place. buckled and he just, on his own, just he fell had, down. He had a bit of a stumble, which can sometimes happen when you run him flat out if you're... Well, usually if you're like me, you look a bit un- uncoordinated. It happens often. But when you're an A-grade athlete like him, you think you could run a straight line. But his leg in the, yeah, the, second in the slow bit, motion footage looked horrible. It just mm, kind of bent in the wrong way. Yeah, that could have been really, really bad. Luckily, but he sucked it up. He just got up and kept going. Well, he kept playing and he kicked the goal to seal the game as well. So earlier, you know, at the start of this year, you would have looked at those three players Rosie, Butters, and Dersma, and you would have ranked them probably Rosie first because he had a ripping year last year. Dersma second, I think he was in the top 10 for the best and fairest. And then Butters, who was probably slightly disappointing last year. And that order has changed dramatically this year. Butters has jumped out of the box. Matt O'Man, we mentioned before, big, big Zach Butters fan. Wouldn't surprise me if he starts an Instagram fan page for <laughs> Zach Butters. There's an idea. Matt. There's already a few. He's pretty devastated by it. <laughs> but I think Butters would be their, their first ranked. And then Rosie and then Dersma, who spent a fair bit of time out with a hamstring injury. But the thing that is they're, repli- they're relying on Charlie Dixon at the moment. And why wouldn't you? He's been fantastic this year. In wins, he's averaging 10.6 touches and 2.6 goals per game. And in losses, 5.7 and 0.3 goals per game. So the premise is, is if you can shut him down, what's their plan B? And up until recently, they, they probably don't have one up forward. You have Justin Westoff there, you have Todd Marshall there, but they're good as your secondary forwards. So if you, if you 
stop Dixon, do you stop Port? What do they need to do? Well, Robbie Gray was probably your next next best option there. Up until ooh, probably the last two weeks, he's been okay. Kicked that match-winning goal, of course, against Carlton, which kind of broke the Blues' hearts a little bit. But yesterday he had two goals and 27 touches. Playing in the midfield, he would have had three goals, but one of his teammates played on when he got a free kick and kicked the goal himself. So playing in the midfield, he could have had three goals and 27 touches. That's almost peak Robbie Gray kind of performance. If you get that out of him a couple times in the next week, next week, (laughs) well, with the schedule, it's almost in the next week. Real soon. In the next month, then what you're going to get is another weapon there. He's been thereabouts this year. He looks a little bit... Oh, he just drops a drops a ball here and there. He just not at his peak, but this weekend just gone. He's been he was a lot better. The other three, the other thing they have is they have these three cannons in defence and on the wing. So you have Trent McKenzie who can kick the ball sixty metres, Hamish Hartlett who can kick the ball sixty metres, and a bloke who who's been dropped from their side but will probably come back in called Will Kane Ferrell. Farrell. Kane oh. Farrell, good job. Did I get it? You did. So what, what that enables is if they get the ball about you know 80 metres out, they can kick it 60. So what it stops is that person drifting back and getting in the contest with Charlie Dixon. If they can get the ball over the back to him one-on-one, he's going to mark the ball half the time. So you keep him involved in the game. Those guys, very, very important. They've got the bye this week coming. Then North Melbourne, you'd expect them to absolutely destroy North Melbourne given current form. Then they play Essendon and then they play Collingwood. And I'm wondering whether the Collingwood game will be for the top spot. Because it very likely it's going to be them, probably uh, Brisbane, and look, then I don't even know. But Brisbane are po- Oh, maybe Geelong. And Geelong are poised to, to jump over them if they get the chance as well. So, very interesting times for Port. They're a, a really good team. There's a lot, of, a lot of doubt around them in terms of are they the real deal? Because they've fallen over against a couple of teams. I keep pointing out to people, they knocked over Richmond less than a month ago. In that game, Richmond got some pretty favourable umpiring calls early, and Port were able to rally and come back and run all over them in the last quarter. So people might might want to take another look at Port if they're thinking they're not all there this year, because I reckon they could be. Now, Mrs. Mungrel, Yep. we need to talk about something very sensitive to you. Oh dear. I'm, I'm leaning on the desk. I'm, you can probably hear it creaking and cracking as I lean forward because I, I want to look I, you like, in the don't eye. Don't move in the studio. I'm like, I hate sitting still. I'm like a, a, a very hyperactive child. <laughs> Except not as cute. You're going to say dog. <laughs> That's marginally worse. Uh, I think the Saints could be in trouble here. Are you okay? Look, I am. I just don't see what the point of a final is if either the Suns, the Saints, or the Demons aren't in it. Look, Mongrel Podcast fan Radley might have to drop you a line and just reassure you after this podcast, because I'm going to lay out a couple of things that are maybe somewhat distressing to you, okay? Mm. Saints have lost their last two games. They didn't matter. They didn't matter? Okay. Uh, As I wrote these notes, they were sitting sixth on the ladder. They yep. have a bye this week, so no more points this week. Good, they'll be nice and refreshed. Collingwood, Melbourne, and GWS are all below them. They all play this week coming. Yeah, well, Collingwood's struggling in life. They just won today. Yeah. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. What, against the Saints? 
not everyone plays the Saints every week. <laughs> They're struggling. Collingwood beat Carlton. Melbourne um, beat the Saints. They've got them coming up as well. Oh, and G- another one. What? A Melbourne playing the Saints again. No, I screwed that up. It's someone else. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was like, got, how did this miracle happen? I they've love got, it. They've got, oh, sorry, no, no. What I've got is here is that with Collingwood, Melbourne and GWS all below them, they play this weekend, right? Which means the ones that win will have more points and go Well, they get a chance to ladder. catch them. So the Saints have the bye this week. Mm. So long, long story short... <laughs> <laughs> Is that teams can catch them, right? The Saints run home after the bye goes Hawks, which they should win. Yeah. Eagles, which is tough. GWS in the last round might be for a spot in the finals. Now, the Saints were flying a few weeks ago. They were looking great. And now I think the only definite there is the Hawthorne game. They just need their bye... They're going to have a little rest. Yeah. It'll be fine. Really? Yeah. You should be a motivational speaker <laughs> for St Kilda. <laughs> Just have a little nap, fellas. So they have to knock over either of GWS or West Coast to, to play in the finals this year, I reckon. If results don't go their way, they might be in trouble. Well, look, I mean, this year might just be a kind of prep year now where they're just testing the waters. Now let's go back. If the AFL had proper goal line technology... Oh, they would have won easily, everything. And it actually demonstrated that that ball was touched before the line. They'd only have to win one game out of their remaining three to get in the finals. We've been robbed by a bunch of flogs (laughs) with big bias. (laughs) So they're biased against who? Bunch of stupid flogs, get out of here. (laughs) I don't know any other insulting football... Terms aside from flaw. You can use other derogatory terms. You don't have to stick to football oh, ones. They're not as they're not as interesting. Anyway, look, we'll be fine, and if we're not fine, we'll be fine next year. So I'm not particularly worried. A vote of confidence from you. Woo. So next up, I'd like to talk to you about a company named Champion Data. I'm not the biggest fan of Champion Data. Uh, having known someone that worked for them who had zero interest in football at that point in his life. It was the husband of someone I used to work with. Uh, it's pretty vague, right? I work with metadata. I should work with them. They'd probably be a bit scared of me, though, so... Oh, I'm scared of you. And I'm, it's fair. I'm married to you, so... <laughs> I've got good reason. <laughs> <laughs> so on the weekend, a young bloke for GWS named Jake Riccardi was rated as the lowest-ranked player on the ground, right? Yep. So whatever... whatever Worst tool, person to play, basically. The what? The worst person to play. Well, that's a, that, well, I'll get to that in a second, right? But he got the lowest amount of points in their ranking system. Here's what he delivered. Four goals, nine marks, 12 disposals, two contested marks, five marks inside 50. And he was the lowest ranked player on the ground. Now, you have Surely to... someone did less. You'll have to excuse me for now. I'm just going to find what I, what I got here from one of the guys who works in the statistical industry, right? Because he basically came out and said, well, here's the reasoning behind it. So he basically said, as footy Twitter blows up with its periodic stats are useless takes, it's worth noting, champion data player rankings, like any single number, are an oversimplification of a player's performance. He has multiple 
tweets so as I can actually have a bit of a spiel here. Anyone who works with data, which is you, yeah. is familiar with their limitations, but also their strengths. The ball use component of the ratings, for example, is miles ahead of any other measure in identifying players who consistently open up the game with ball in hand. However, their ability to add to value a player's off-ball work rate in order to create opportunities for themselves and teammates is an obvious limitation and must be complemented by other measures. No single number should be gospel. The Jake Riccardi game is also a statistical outlier and a good example of why you shouldn't judge a player by a single game, either with stats or by the eye. Over time, the numbers will converge to a fairer rating of Jake. Right? So basically he's saying, don't worry about it. The numbers didn't add up to make a great game for him this time, but over time, they will. And I'm like, hang on a second. I'm not a fan of this at all, right? What what data are they using for this one game that has... Whatever they're hit? using has to be wrong. So Jake Riccardi definitely passed the eye test. Watching him, I think he, whoever watched the game for our review gave him votes. Is this his second game? His second game. Right? Is that maybe why there's some kind of bias in it? That... It possibly, it can't possibly be that. If you're assessing one game and these ratings are for one game, then whatever tool they're using to assess it is broken. It's not working. So that, that statement was by Robert Younger. He's the performance data scientist of the Melbourne Football Club. And that's fine, right? That's his job. But in terms of champion data, if you're employed to design a system that reflects a, pay, a player's impact on the game, and then you make excuses for why it didn't work, what the hell are they paying you for? The AFL hires champion data to provide accurate statistical analysis of the game, and this result is evident that they, they can't do that. They simply cannot do it. I saw on their website they have over 320 staff. Wow, I wonder whether they get, they've had some cutbacks recently and some of them are for the <laughs> player ratings, perhaps. Give someone really capable five people in a spreadsheet. <laughs> so if you add to this the fact they're yet to develop a way to assess defensive players and their impact on the game, I mean, what the hell are the AFL paying these guys for? They're paying them a truckload to compile the stats for the AFL, which they then sell off to media organizations. So if we wanted to access these stats that somehow add up to have uh, Jake Riccardi as the worst ranked player on the ga- in the game, we'd have to pay through the nose to get him. I can watch the game, tell you right now he was one of the top handful on the ground, and I don't need a metric to tell you that. Yeah, I don't know. It's It feels like the kind of thing where whatever they're using has obviously got flaws in it and something has fallen down there, but they don't want to say something has fallen down. So they're saying, oh, well, this is just how data is and this is how stats are. Statistical so, outlier. Yeah. So he played really well. We just have no way of capturing it. Yeah, that's weird. So the other player that was in the bottom... Sorry, do you think somebody actually just messed up? I think their system's screwed. So has it... Yeah, I don't know. I actually think it's screwed up because another player that was in the bottom five on the ground, and this is a player rating. When I look at this, I'm thinking, okay, so you're assessing the entire game here and you're rating a player based on his performance. There was a bloke called Reese Conker who played for Fremantle, and he played on Toby Green. And he beat him. Hands down, beat him. And I think he was the third or fourth worst player on the ground, according to champion data. There's, there has to be a way where you can assess someone's impact on the game when they're playing defensively. And we have our own metrics at the mongrel punt, and they're not perfect by any stretch. They're really not great, but they're better hey, than hey, this. Hey, 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 
They're okay. They're okay. And if you want to join and look at them in our defensive rankings, you can, guys, by all means. <laughs> They're not great, she says. Far out. How much time I put into that I'm, stuff? I'm fussy about data. You know that. Yeah. So. Yeah, one, but one of the other things, though. one of the other things that I did notice about them is halfway through the season, they were still classifying Mitch Duncan as a wingman, even though he'd played one game there for the whole season. So before the season, they said, right, Mitch Duncan is a wingman. This is how we're going to rate him this year. Halfway through the year, you had a couple of Fox footy hosts sitting there saying, well, Mitch Duncan's the number one ranked wingman in the game. I watch games. We do wingman rating. He's not playing on the wing. Since then, I think he's played there twice. So three games all up this year, he's played on the wing out of 14. We did the same thing last year with our stats. We had our stats. Everything we were collating was according to the one position a player could play. Yeah. But that's not the case. It's not what no. they do. And so we adjusted that this year. Yeah, you weren't happy about that. And <laughs> then I continually that. change them as the season goes on. I give them points in a different area and say to you, oh, so-and-so did this in the as the forward. And you're like, is he a forward now? I said, yes, he is because he Last year, he but moved. this year it doesn't matter. Yeah, you've got a bit of, bit of a fluid thing going. I did, I did a, yeah. So yeah, champion data can suck a fat one as far as I'm concerned. Oh. Not really impressed with those guys at all. And the, the reasoning behind it is rubbish. Absolute garbage. So we might move on to something a little bit more, uh, a little bit light, makes lighter. makes very angry in this house. Well, when it's completely friggin' wrong, it does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine you were, just come back to it for a second. Imagine you were Mr. and Mrs. Riccardi, right? So you, you'd be wrapped with your son's game. You'd be absolutely stoked. You know, you get home, you, you watch it on TV, you see him jumping up, taking pack marks, kicking goals. You'd be thinking, wow, how good, how good is this? Our son's finally made it. Let's have a look how he went in the player rankings. Oh, he's the worst. <laughs> Our son is the worst. I'm not even worried about that. Imagine if you've paid <laughs> money for these stats. Yeah, you really want to and see. And you're looking at them and you're like, oh, oh, what's their refund policy? No, what is this? That should be alarm bells for that. Whatever system they're using, that should be setting off flashing lights left, right and center. Yeah. Anyway, Mrs. Mungrel's all-star team. It's uh, one of the weekly highlights of our podcast. I'm pretty excited about it, as you can tell by the tone of my voice. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I enjoy it greatly. Go for it. <laughs> We've got Hugh McGreen luggages. Yes, both of them. Bailey for the 20-somethings. Yeah, even the teens, I think. Kane Farrell. Kane Farrell, Will Farrell's brother. Wait, Colin Farrell's brother. Whatever. Toby Green. Mm-hmm. Always in our hearts. The twins. Toby Green, sorry. Uh... Got a $500 or $1,000 fine for his elbow. No suspension. Good. Yeah, we're pretty happy about that. Hope he elbows someone else now. Go for it. Isn't that dreadful? <laughs> what? That we're happy he got up. He's a terrible brute, but eh, I have guys a soft have got spot a, for Guys him. have got to stop touching him. He Don't touch his, him, man. He loves his mum. He does. Luke Bruce. Yes. Canelio. Mm-hmm. Lyndon Dunn. Ooh. Caleb Daniel. Charlie Dixon. Ollie Wides. Christian Petrarca. Very late pick in this draft. What? What Christian Petrarca was? Yeah, when was he? No, he was, oh, he was a while early. ago. Okay, yeah. go. And the positions I've got: a running half flank midfielder, yep. back leg pocket, pulled forward pocket, wing ruck, bent over backstop, and a small blind pocket. Stop small blind pocket. That. Small blind pocket's my favourite one. <laughs> I think there's a future for that one. All right, so two new positions: a half back slip, mm. and an upper midfield defensive guy. Is that an official title? It is the official title. So, you, so the halfback slip. 
Yeah. Can you explain to me that person's role? Oh. <laughs> okay, what about the, the other one? What did you say again? Upper midfield defensive guy. Okay, so I'm guessing that that would be someone like Matt DeBoer, whose job it is to stop someone else. Yes, good call. Really? Upper midfield defensive guy. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Um, anyone that you'd like to play in these roles? Yeah, two very, very special players, actually. Special in a good way? Special in the best way. Okay. Lockie Keefe. Lockie Keefe. Lockie Whoa. Keefe. Yes. <laughs> yeah, look at that there reaction. Was a, there was a mention made on the weekend when Lockie Keefe came barreling along there and his arms were glistening. <laughs> and I was like, oh, who's that? Who's that guy? He looks like he's out of like a 70s porno. He's the new Arms McKenzie. He arms is. He just oh, took Taylor the Adams. title in one, one go. Taylor Adams has lost the title. Well, you know, go so, back to the gym. Other than the arms... Is it like the fact that he really does look like he's straight out of the beach, doesn't he? Like in a 70s surf movie or something. I don't remember what the rest of him looks like. So it's just a pair of arms floating around the field <laughs> in a GWS Guernsey. Yeah, basically. All right. Well, that's that's uh, wonderful. And uh, Nathan Jones. <laughs> because I saw his underwear. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. Another week weekend highlight. <laughs> Uh, I had to pause this and rewind you it. You rewinded it and called me over and said, you have got to see this, you will love this. Yeah. So Nathan Jones got tackled by the shorts and then just neglected to pull them up. So <laughs> after Melbourne kicked the goal, he was celebrating and running back to the centre with his pants half down and he was wearing red and blue underwear to match his uniform. I loved Mrs. it. Mrs. Mungrel, a massive fan. That was great. Yeah. Well, then, who plays what, by the way? What do you mean? So you just named two new positions and two new players. Who plays where? I haven't I haven't done all of that yet. Oh, so we're we going to get like a... Can you actually do a little chart with people in their positions with titles eventually? This might have can, to be a nonsense post. That we can the, put up on, on the, the site? Yeah, yeah, all right. All right, good, all right, because I, I want to see how this team stacks up. Can you against... help me to make it more football-y? No, no, I think the less football-y <sighs> it is, the better. You can do it? All right. You All can right. you can provide some commentary. So that's it for my my rankings, my all star team. How many players is that now? Oh, I'm not up to eighteen yet. I have kind of let, I can have eighteen. Eighteen right? and, and a few and on the bench. Four on the bench. Yes. I so by the up. end of the season, you're gonna have a full team, and we're gonna whack them into position. I'm almost a football expert. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. So before we go, I'm looking at the ladder. I said to you before that St Kilda was sixth. They're actually in seventh. It's disgraceful. They are pretty disgraceful. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) So Collingwood sit above them. I think they're going to be relatively secure, Collingwood. Half a game behind them, St Kilda. Another game behind them, Melbourne. Right? So Melbourne are a game behind. St Kilda's got the bye, remember? I do. Mm Mm-hmm. So they also have a relatively same percentage as St Kilda. A big win from Melbourne in this week coming. We'll see them jump them. Can I just ask, Melbourne and St Kilda both did badly last year? Melbourne were horrible. They were really good in 2018, and they just dropped the ball last year. And St Kilda didn't really do much last year. Saints haven't been around them. Look at them go, though. Can you see how they're just improving, and they're just really on the up and up? You're very easily satisfied. (laughs) Lucky for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll pay that one. Outside the eight, you've got GWS, you've got Western Bulldogs and Essendon. They're all still in contention. You're very satisfied with yourself, aren't you? Maybe that's what's been happening lately. 
I'm going to check your drawers. <laughs> Carlton, I think you're a... Uh, I think the com- combination of their percentage and being a game behind Melbourne, GWS and Bulldogs might be enough to see them done for the year. Uh, Gold Coast are out. They're another half game back. Be really interesting if uh, Frio had a won that game instead of Carlton. They would have swapped places, but, you know, let's not cry over terrible umpiring decisions. <laughs> or score reviews. No crying. Mm. Anyway, we might leave it there. Oh, and let's, t- let's just touch base on our, our, our lovely Hawks before we go. Oh, God. Sitting in 15th spot with four <laughs> wins for the year. Far out. Remember the year I met you and they did really well. Oh, look, you could pick from many, many years where we did really well. Yeah, but, uh, one of those years. I this ain't you. one of them. So I suppose the only good All thing is that uh, we'll get a relatively good draft pick. Adelaide Crows, still zero wins. Really? They haven't won a single game. 13 games, zero wins. Oh, my God. They've got four weeks to get a win. You know what? They play the Hawks. I reckon they'll probably do us. <laughs> I really think they're going to knock us over. That'll be demoralising. But also, are they just going to get completely taken apart and rebuilt they're in the process now that's shocking so at the end of last year they lost a whole heap of players uh they let a few go and they a few wanted to go so two years ago three years ago they were premiership contenders and now they're bottoming out and they have to rebuild again so they'll be at the draft they'll be trying to trade this year and yeah it's not looking good North Melbourne, not in a much better boat. They've won three games, and they look like they were absolutely done tonight watching them. They look like they could not give a rat's ass, some of those players. Uh, be interesting to see who is left on that list after the season finishes. So that'll be it for us this week. Uh, anything else to add, Mrs. Mungrel? Any pearls of wisdom? Bye, everyone. Oh, once again, she's knocked it out of the park. Although that thing about being satisfied really uh, shook me up there. I have to go and sit down and have a cry in the corner now. We'll talk to you guys in a week. Take care.